Welcome everybody to Christopher Samba's favourite football podcast, the only fans football podcast. On this week, Cran returns from his missions in DCU getting his thesis done. We discuss our top five Premier League centre halves of all time for our only fans ultimate Premier League eleven. We discuss the weekend that was in the Premier League and the League of Ireland. We have a bit of a mismatch on our Hall of Fame this week as Luis Diaz goes up against Charlie Adam. Crown suffers from some internal conflict while discussing this week's Empoli and Napoli game. We hope you enjoy this week's episode and be sure to check out our Instagram, Spotify, TikTok, YouTube and Twitter. Take it easy. Baby. I spend these senses tell me this is going to get fucking tasty, baby. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. There's a slice of cheese, Minigoji, and Zopolis. I have a dream. Arnie Cup. Bartler. Eh, the fella in the green and white short. The guys up in the joy have asked to be put back in their cells. <laughs> <laughs> if you stop waffling, we might get some work done. He has the goo blood. He has the goo blood. Get out! Get out, man, you ain't that. Let me add a little bit of spice to that. Is he a fucking spice? My grandmother had wheels, she would have been a bike. I think I'm a special one. I'm the normal one. I never knew Stoke were that good. Welcome everybody to the OnlyFans Football Podcast, episode 28, the Divock Origi 2. This is why, part the... Which I find absolutely ridiculous, to be honest. Not at all, not at all, it's, yeah. it's an ode to a, a modern day legend, Cram. Six goals in ten games against Everton. He's, he's coursed Everton, all because Funes Mori took his leg off way back in 2014, I think it was, 2015. Do you know what? And since then, he's been, he's been a, a pest... A menace to Everton, and a menace that I love, Divock Origi, shout out. But yes, welcome everybody, welcome back Cran, you're sitting here with a pair of sunglasses on, severely hungover. A bit fragile. A bit fragile, delicate I like to describe. And we're back this week Cran, um, a jam-packed episode, as they usually are unfortunately. For anybody who listens, <laughs> they're probably like, oh not 40 minutes again. They, they, oh, they drag God. it on way too long. Uh, we just, we just... You know what, we do, we do, we do unfortunately. <laughs> but this week, Cran, we have our top five Premier League defenders for our ultimate OnlyFans football podcast, Premier League 11, of all time. Um, so far in the team, Cran in goal, Petr Cech, right back, Gary Neville, and left back, Ashley Cole. So who will join them? You'll find out as the show pro- uh, progresses. We have our usual Cran, I say usual, usual since February, Little League of Ireland update. We have our Premier League update, of course, with Euro Trash, Euro Treasure. Hall of Fame, all to come, baby. But Cran, how are you? Good. How are you feeling? Because you are quite delicate. Yeah. It could be a long episode for myself. It it could very well be because I'm not full of words <laughs> today. Um, the head is in bits, and you know when people say, "Oh, how's the head? How's the head? How's the head? How's the head?" They keep asking in the morning, "How's the head?" You've said what? that about seven times there. Yeah. Just, just so you know. I, I do know. I do know. But you know what it is, Andy? I've never understood what that actually meant until today because my head has always been okay today it's not today I found out what how's the head meant 
I took about three paracetamol. Jesus. Um, in the last twenty four hours, and this headache is still not gone. Don't don't die mid podcast. No, I will. Not don't don't do that. <laughs> it's like the time when we discussed uh, when we first started, and you're like, I just don't want to get hit by a bus. Well, come here. I don't want you to go into a paracetamol induced coma. That'd be nice if you didn't do yeah, that. Is that something that happened? I I don't know. Yeah. We're gonna find out. <laughs> but um, where have you been, Cram? Where have you been? I've just been around the place to be honest every day for the last month has felt like the same day because it's just been constant going to college doing work mm. um, and then the odd time I go out like last night I was in Ryan's of Cameron Street and that was genuinely awful um, <laughs> I'm never going back there again um, yeah my head is gone Adzi um, I, I don't know what to say Jeff I don't know what to say you finished your thesis Cram? I finished my thesis yeah done multimedia and DCU it was an experience Mm. whether good or bad mostly bad because COVID no, I couldn't go to college that was a bit shy but do you know what it was a good night out last night enjoyed it say goodbye to a few people we move baby move on summer summer is here summer is here and this podcast is almost a year old by the way a year almost old almost a year old a year old come January January excuse me July some, something along that time um, are we going to have an off season that's something I've been thinking about. Are we gonna like stop recording throughout summer, or is it just is this just gonna be something that continues on till we die? <laughs> it's something that eternally lives on. <laughs> like even even when we are dead, this podcast will still be on now. True. And well, from heaven, uh, from from hell, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> are we in hell? I don't know. Um, no, I'm not sure yet. So, career Cran, how how oh, you weren't that Julie last last week? I was gonna say, yeah. how did you find Julie last week? Well, you I, I wasn't there. Yeah, well, I know. I realised that. <laughs> How was you leave that? How was your week? She was fucking great. She was great. Yeah. Um, probably the best concert I ever walked in Tree Arena, but um, it was really enjoyable. And sandwiched in between those gigs was a trip to the lovely Dundalk. And I say lovely, it's Dundalk. Um, <laughs> Shell's lost to one crowd. What's that supposed to be? Oh no, no, it's yeah. current relative. It's, yeah. it's a nice place. I yeah. said the lovely Dundalk. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah trip up to Dundalk um, for the Shells match and Shells unbeaten away record came to an end cram at the hands of Dundalk at the hands of the referee I'm going to say because it was the best worst performance of referee I've ever seen in my life it was co- it was actually comical to an extent um, and Shells have now been labelled the deplorable ones by Derry City an actual Derry City the actual programme described Shells as the deplorable ones before we beat them 2-1 in Derry the other week. Um, and on Friday evening, we were described as the Dark Arts Reds. <laughs> the League of Ireland family loves us. We're back, baby. Um, yeah, Shells lost 2-1. Um, again, the masses of our own. We always just shoot ourselves in the foot. First half, Dundalk couldn't get near us at all. They really couldn't. We get a player sent off just at half time. Duffer goes on a mad one. He gets sent off. Second half starts. We started well, actually, second half with 10 men. Um, they then get someone sent off, so it was 10 against 10. And then they scored. And then we put the pressure on them for a while. The referee gave, didn't give an absolute clear Stonewall penalty, much like the Anthony Gordon one yesterday. Um, he didn't give it for whatever reason. And then he gave a penalty that just wasn't a penalty on JR. And we scored to make a one-all. And with great scenes in the way end. And then we just conceded straight away. It was like... What can we do here? Like, because it was just like we just keep shooting ourselves in the foot at the minute. Um, 
I, I just, I, 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 to be honest with you, I have been impressed with Shells as the season's gone on. Mm. Every game we've progressively been impressed, especially away from home. We're really, really good. We are very inconsistent. Yeah. We can't win a game at home. Massive game away to Finn Harps on Friday, but um, are you going up? I'm not. I'm work. You're not going to Bally Buffet. I'm not going to Bally Buffet. I'm very um, disappointed. I'm disappointed myself. I yeah. want to go. Up. I'll be up before the season's out. Um, moving on, Bowes won, Roberts three, crowned the Dublin Derby. I'm, I'm sure you were there. Uh, I was there in some shape or form. <laughs> you were there in I was, spirit. I was drinking cans on the canal. So. Oh, so you were beside Dana. So I was beside Dana. I you heard were there in spirit. Um, um, and some of the some of the Robert scumbags coming into this town was was awful to see. But you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. Andy Lyons, two exposed men on the score sheet for Rovers. Can't stand them. Andy Lyons and Dan Mandrew with the goals for Rovers. Um, sandwiched in between was a Max Murphy on goal, former Rovers player, scoring an own goal for Bowes. I don't know, it could be a few brown envelopes there. And then it was Junior with the goal for Bowes to make it 2-1 at the time. Junior's been good. He was very good against Shells um, in talk there a couple of weeks ago as well. He's a very, I think he's a very good player now in fairness. And, Again, not great from Bowes. Um, I do think in Talca they were much the better side, of course, but they're still better to come from them because we were very poor and we kind of threw the game away in Talca. Um, and I feel, I do still feel Bowes can improve massively. Derry City 7, UCD 1. That's a bit mad, isn't That's it? That's an awful result. Um, how, do, how do you even lose 7 1? Well, you concede 7 goals and score 1. That's true. <laughs> It was Jamie McGonagall with a hat-trick. Um, Will Patchett on the score sheet. Cameron McJanet as well there with a goal. Cameron Dummigan. And it was it was 5-0 at half-time. 5-0 half-time for um, Derry City. Um, <laughs> Who showed up for UCD? A bunch of beer bellies or something? <laughs> no, one, no one turned up. I think that's the problem. Um, Shoot yeah. into an empty net. Exactly. And it was... Yeah, Ronan Boyce got a goal as well. It was Alex Nolan got a goal for UCD in the 60 tour minute, but I, I don't think they could mount the comeback. Did he celebrate? Stage. I don't know. I, I'd assume he did. UCD on four points at the minute, four draws they've gotten um, so far this season. Um, Pats 2, Finn Harps nil. Owen Doyle on score sheet twice. A player who at the start of the season we expected to do well, so it's not surprising to see him scoring goals. Good result for Pats. Who I, I want to say they're keeping the pressure on, but they're not really. They're seven points behind Derry at the minute, and six behind Rovers. So it's it's more or less a two two man race at the minute yeah. between Rovers and Derry, which we probably expect to continue. Saturday evening saw Sligo win three two in the last minute against Drogheda United. It was David Cawley on score sheet twice in three minutes in the fourth three minutes. Excuse me, um, Georgie Pointing got on the score sheet for Drogheda. Aidan Kenham missed the penalty for Sligo then. Only for drugs to peg back with it. Shane Blaney on goal. It saw them two all at that stage. Um, and it was Gary Buckley with the winner in the 93rd minute. There's nothing better than a last minute winner, by the way. Oh, no. There's nothing better than that. And um, It doesn't happen often either. I mean, it happens... I don't want to say all the time, because it doesn't. Yeah. But it does happen. happens frequently enough, I'd, I'd say. I'd say at least a couple of times a weekend. Um, yeah, just a quick run through the table. UCD bottom on four points. 
Finn Harps on 7 points, Shells on 12, Drawdown on 13, Bowles 15, Dundalk 18, Sligo on 4th with 19, Pats 3rd with 20, Rovers 2nd with 26, and Derry City top with 27. <laughs> Moving on now, Cran. Premier League action this weekend. I don't know if you've seen much of it. I did, I did. I did. Um, Arsenal 3, Manchester United 1. Bit of a big game. <laughs> In terms of the title race, Cran, 3 1 it was. Um, the title race between those two? I doubt it. <laughs> the, the race for top four, excuse me. It, in Arsenal's words, a title race though, because they, they act like top four is a title race. Well, they did, they did beat you last week, didn't they? Uh, well, who cares? Uh, you do, clearly. I, I don't care, I don't care. <laughs> uh, Tavares with the goal, Saka scored a penalty. Granite Jacket scored a fucking thunder bastard. I don't know if you've seen that. And obviously Ronaldo. I actually didn't see that one. Did you not see that? It was a great goal. And Ronaldo scored a lovely goal for Manchester United as well. <clears throat> um, I don't like giving out. Well, I do like giving out about referees. But I don't like talking too much about VAR. Hmm. But VAR was so poor in this game. Yeah. There was a lot that went wrong. I think, you know, you could have had a penalty that they didn't get. And then Arsenal went up the other end. And the penalty that Saka converted. Um was was something similar to what you know he could have gotten. Um Bruno should have been sent off as well, which he wasn't. And then when you know he got the penalty, Bruno misses it of course. Um I just thought Farr was very poor. Well Farr um disallowed Arsenal's goal and then gave a penalty. And I was like, what what how can you even do that? Like I was disallowed for being offside. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, oh we'll give a penalty anyway. And you're like I think there was a foul in the build up though. Yeah. It's just a bit strange. But yeah, Arsenal now sitting on 60 points um, I think they're three ahead of you or two ahead of Spurs it's between those two in my opinion I, I, United are probably not going to get it at this stage oh United are having it yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's it's coming to the business end now Arsenal have really stepped up in the last few games again mm. it was looking like they were going to bottle it but now there's a big game coming I think in the next two weeks, Spurs against Arsenal. I think that yeah, will... Tours say the 12th of May. They have a bit of a tougher run in actually, yeah. Arsenal's there. So they're playing West Ham away next week. Um, Leeds at home. Leeds with something to play for. Mm. Um, Spurs away. Newcastle away. And everything at home. Oh, tough, tough game. The final game of the season for Arsenal. You look, just to compare it to Spurs, they play Leicester next Sunday. Liverpool the following Saturday, which I'll be going to. And I, I can't wait, Cran. Um, Arsenal at home as we said Burnley at home which could be a tough game if Burnley are still fighting for for staying up and then Norwich <laughs> away the last game of the season which they'll probably win about 4-0 yeah, there 9-0 9-0 um, 9 Delius yeah I, I think Spurs will get it to be honest I think Spurs just have a, I think they have a bit more about them than Arsenal do and did you see uh, before we move on from United uh, Arsenal did you see Matic on the yeah. bench <laughs> he was absolutely rattled, wasn't he? He done a house at Reno. Three titles, three titles. That's like, oh man, come on. It's not the time and place for that, he's, really. He's right, though. He's right. He is right, but um, he was getting wound up. But here, I have a, I have a quick, before we stop talking about United, I have a, a quick, tenuous Manchester United League of Ireland link. Well, the new assistant manager, he'll be working under Ten Hag with Manchester United. Mitchell van der Gag was the Maritimo manager oh, when they beat... <laughs> When they beat Sporting Fingal 6-4 in Arga in the Europa League in 2011. And he was sacked within two months from that job. 
There's a little tenuous link to Sporting Fing Golf. I love getting Sporting Fing Golf as I can. Um, Leicester nil, Aston Villa nil. To be honest with you, I couldn't care less about this game of football. Two teams playing for absolutely nothing. You were saying something about Gerard doing an, an awful job, and he, he probably he, is. He is fair. doing an awful job. Um, Man, he's 15th in the league, all right. That's where he was. they were when they it's, sacked James Smith. True. It definitely was. Why are you doing this? No, because you were doing it. You were, you were saying that they're exactly where they were when they sacked Dean Smith. But that's not true. Okay, go on. Finish what you're saying. Right. So in 21 matches, Gerard has just 8 wins and 10 losses. He's lost more games than he's won. That's relegation for him. He's just doing an awful job. And I think he should be sacked. <laughs> I'm being serious. I'm being but serious. No, why would you sack a manager who's mid-table just to be mid-table? Well, they, they have the the tenth best away record in the league. They've none to play for. Like yeah, they've had none to play for since they got knocked out of the FA. You know, have higher standards. You know, if you're going to sack the manager, I know, but there's no point in there's no point in sacking the manager for sacking the manager's sake. If the, if Villa were in trouble, I'd completely agree with you, but they're not. That's yeah. all. Like they're not. But their form hasn't hasn't gone up in any way. And when he first came in, he was very good. The only games lost was against City and us. Yeah. And that was the only games lost in his first day. So that's, that's quite that's quite good events though, isn't it? We've talked about this before. <laughs> Lamps hasn't had it, you know what I mean? So like it's all well and good criticizing Gerard for it, but if if they're safe, which they are, and they've no no chance of going down, which I don't think they do personally. Yeah. I don't think he's doing an awful job. Yeah, he should be sacked. Um he shouldn't be sacked. In terms terms of Brendan Rogers as well. Oh, he's a Charlie. He's Man. an absolute charlatan. He's not doing a good I want job him out of, I want him out of the Premier League. I despise Rodgers. It's just starting to annoy me now. I do think Leicester as well. Like, they're underachieving. Uh, yeah, and under the, under the radar underachieving as well. Mm. It's because they're in the semi-finals of the Conference League. They're tenth in the table. So they have no real issues with going down either. It's just a bit mad. Mm. I, I just don't particularly rate Leicester. Um, I think they have a decent squad, but none to be... Yeah. to write home though two managers that should be sacked in that game they'll all yeah. um, Man City 5 Watford 1 Gabriel Jesus 4 goals from him he was unreal a godlike performance yeah absolutely he was very good in the game Um, you said something earlier about all of Man City's goals seeming like they're the exact same yeah Um, I suppose that's a fair assumption just crossing low crosses but it's it like works. the no, it's like the FIFA. You know the low low tap X. Yeah, yeah. That's what they do in real life. But it, it works though. Yeah, you it's, know what it's, I mean. It's, it's 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 more about the movement of the players and the position of the players and yeah. the pass boy. I think it was De Bruyne for the first goal. He takes out about seven players that pass, and J- Jesus just has a little tap. Jesus. He just has he just has a little tap in. Uh, Rodri scored a good goal as well to make it three. Oh man, the, the Rodri goal. I think Watford were Watford were pulling on the pressure there. So he kind of put that to bed just before Watford could build up, and he kind of steam. Um, I have a controversial opinion now, and what is it? I don't, I don't know if you agree with me, but I genuinely think Rodri, for me, is up there with the top three players this season. Oh no, I, I, I would, I would say, yeah. I'd say the only players that have been better than him this season is probably Mo Salah and probably Virgil Van Dijk. I think Van Dijk's been unbelievable this season. The Phenom. The Phenom guy. Um, Pulisic. Um, <laughs> I generally think, for Man City and anyways, I think their player season has been Rodri for me. Well, I, d- I definitely think he, he wins the midfield almost mm. every game. So, like, you have to. Like, he's had unbelievable moments this season. Like, the goal against Arsenal, when they were drawn one all the time, he runs over to, to the Arsenal fans, shit houses them. 
the goal yesterday against, or the goal on Saturday against Watford was unbelievable. You had that block earlier in the season against Liverpool. Liverpool, Fabinho would have made a 3-1 at the time. Or 3-2 even, sorry. He's just, for me, I, I, apart from Salah's form, and Salah is playing the season. You know what I mean? There's no bones about it. He's the most goals, the most assists, 22 goals and 13 assists this season. Rodri's definitely close second for me. I, I've been so impressed with Rodri this season. Man, yeah, he's, he's very, very good. Um, he, he reminds me a bit of uh, Busquets in his prime. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's yeah. fair enough. Norwich nil, Newcastle three. Have written down here Brazil on top. The Joe Linton and Bruno Gramares show. My God, hate oh. it or love it. Hate it, love it on the dogs on. The, that's the song, is it? Um, Bruno Gramares for me, unbelievable. This game was goal for me. Was goal of the week. I said this to you earlier. Yeah. His little his little chip over. Um, his little chip over. Um, cruel and goal, isn't it? Yeah. Um, very good finish Joe Linton got two goals as well one of them was an absolute screamer by the way it was it was um, a cross coming into the box and he just pings it into pings it into the top corner um, Krill can get nowhere near um, and Joe Linton this season to be honest has had a bit of a renaissance you know what I mean he's been been very very good um, but I think Bruno Gramarez's impact for Newcastle is for me the reason why they are um, ninth in the table, I think. So yeah, unbelievable from Newcastle. He's already he's already got four goals, thirteen one, games, one assist. Yeah, I think he's made a massive difference. I really mm. do. Um, so impressed with him, and yeah, great result for um, great result for Newcastle away. And I was reading something as well, John Linton. Uh, he's his, his stats are comparing to Rice. Yeah, Declan Rice mm. in midfield. He's moved. He's moved positions into the kind of centre of the park, and he's. He hasn't looked back like he's been very, very good yeah. since he's moved there. Um, we move on to Brentford Spurs. Is there much to say? Nil all. Um, Spurs bottle job I have written down here. Mm. <clears throat> oh, I don't know if it was a bottle job. They just they just didn't perform. Well, Did Brentford they? are in good form as well, to be fair. Yeah, Christian Eriksen. I'm chatting with Christian Eriksen at the end of the game. I shared something on Instagram there um, of him signing. A sports fans, uh, sports jersey with Eric on the back of it. Yeah, he's just a top man. You know what I mean? And I think uh, he kind of he really contextualised what life means, considering what happened with him in the Euros. Um, I have the utmost respect for him as a footballer, and as I said, as a man, you, you can't not but respect him. Absolutely, he's been, been very good, and he's been linked with um, United with Ten Hag going there. He's been linked with a move back to Spurs. Um, I'm just happy to see him play football. Uh, yeah, I have a feeling there's going to be a big overhaul at United soon. But um, yeah, it's funny though at Spurs, they win four in the bounce. They're sort of battering teams three one five one four nil, and then they get to Brighton lose one nil, mm. and they get to Brentford and drop points. So it's gonna be it's gonna be tight. Yeah, because mm. Arsenal have won their last two. Spurs have drawn or dropped points. Um, last but two. previous to that, Arsenal had lost their previous yeah, three. Yeah. So. And the two games that you would have thought Arsenal would have struggled in was against was away to Chelsea, was it? Yeah. And then a home to United, and they just they done really well in the one two games. So to be fair, they're both kind of struggling and doing well all at the one time. Um, the game between Spurs and Arsenal could be a, could be a cracker of a game actually. Yeah. Could be a very good game. I think it's a bit of a must must watch game as well. Yeah, and I think it will be. I think yeah, just looking at Spurs fixtures here, they play Leicester this Sunday, and then Liverpool the Saturday after. You'd imagine they'll beat Leicester, yeah. or they'll get something from it. 
But you'd imagine the game against Liverpool would be very tough. That's a quarter-day kickoff of a Saturday. Mm. I know. I'm aware, I'm aware of that. It's um, going to be good, Eddie. I can't wait for it. It's going to be like a Champions League night. Um, um, but yeah, it should be really tasty game of football. We just quickly go to the Sunday game. It's been a while. No, that's that's staying in. No, that's gonna hurt my ears though. I mean, it's gonna hurt everyone's ears. That's the point. Oh yeah. Wait a minute. Brighton two, Southampton two in a game of nothing is really. Both teams are more the same. Yeah, good game of football. I'd say. Ward Prowse on the score sheet twice. Welbeck and a Salisu own goal. Man, the two Ward Prowse goals. The fella is a yeah. sauce ball. He's in my team this season. He definitely, we, definitely might, we probably might do that next week. Mm. But I, I, I'm going to reveal my midfield three now. Just to give people a little taste. Rodri, obviously, as I eulogise them there. Ward Prowse and uh, Thiago. I think that's probably, for me, the three best midfielders this season. Conor Gallagher as well has been immense. But I think his form's kind of dipped since after Christmas. But, uh, yeah. Ward Prowse is just—he's probably the best English midfielder. Absolutely. Is that—is that a big statement? I don't know. Maybe Rice Henderson might be better, but I think, I think he's Ward Prowse unbelievable. He's the most under—I I would say most disrespected. But that—that's understandable when you're at Southampton. Yeah. He needs a move. Yeah. Um, we move to Burnley Wolves one nil, a big win Massive for, for the Burnley. Massive at home. For oh my God. Ben means the manager. Ben me and I think a man's name is Michael Jackson as well. Yeah, Mike Jackson is the Burnley coach. And um, poor result from Wolves. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I'd have had Wolves winning this like quite easily. Um, it was a good result for Burnley though. Um, Veghorst with the assist and the Vidra goal. I don't know. I've I've said this a lot this season about confirming teams going down. We were right about Norwich. Yeah. I think we said about Watford. They're definitely going down. We did say in numerous occasions that Newcastle were down. But obviously they've torn it around. I think Burnley are safe. I think Burnley will stay up. Man, their last three results have been quite good. I know Deutsch was there for the West Ham game mm. and he got a draw. Mm. Burnley, they beat Southampton 2-0. Wolves 1-0 is very good. I result. don't think Deutsch was there for that game actually against was West Ham. He, was he not? He no. was sacked after the Norwich loss. Yeah, oh, they okay. lost 2-0. <laughs> but you look at Watford away. That's a big game. That's, that's a huge game. I think just looking at their fixtures, they're much more winnable than um, Everton's fixtures sorry. I think Everton's fixture list towards end season is much more difficult did that twice at this stage <coughs> of the season is a bit strange as well mm, it was postponed due to COVID remember yeah um, just a quick stat about Burnley real quick Nathan Collins Irish defender only 20 years of age doing very well the 5th highest rated centre back in the Premier League this season according to whoscored.com um, a good statistics um, like page on Twitter but they obviously none of their shit Burnley have gotten a result in nine of the fifteen games Collins has started in, wow. so it just shows how crucial he's been to them. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I, I think Burnley could be okay. Um, I just think given the way everything have been, I just I, I, I find it hard to believe that everything can pick up point. Like like just looking at these fixtures here, I can see Burnley winning away to Watford. I can see them getting some against Villa, yeah, twice. And then Newcastle on the last day, that's it. Like, they could, if they need to win there, they, they'll probably win. That's 12 points potentially. Just suppose they're in for them. I can't see everything making up 14 points or whatever it is. They, they'll they need to finish ahead of them. You it's know definitely I mean? going to be the highest points tally for a relegated team in the world. Yeah, could very um, well be. Um, Chelsea won, West Ham nil. Brandon, before you, you talk about this, 
That first half was genuinely the worst half of football I've seen this season. Completely disagree. It was... What do you mean you disagree? Completely. It was fucking awful. It wasn't bad. The first half was genuinely terrible. No. It was. It was... No, no. It, it was bad, but it wasn't as bad as you were saying. No, it was. It genuinely was. Oh. I'll tell you how bad it was. I left the room, came back out about half an hour later and watched the last 10 minutes of it. That's how bad it was. Well, that's your own prerogative. No, but it was, it was bad. Okay. Did you not think the first half was bad? Well, I don't think it's as bad as you're then, no. It got to the second half um, and we built into the game. We played some excellent football. Excellent football. And Dawson was the only thing keeping us out. Mm. Um, he was absolutely superb in the game, I thought. Craig Dawson, absolute gladiator on the pitch. There was one stage where he was breakdancing on the floor, stopping uh, he was good. Werner from scoring. He was good on the day now. Um, and then he ended up getting sent off. Lukaku rolled him. Mm. And Lukaku... Did you think it was Finally a making an influence It was a send off yeah. Did you think it was a penalty It was a penalty um, I thought Now in fairness I thought the contact Started outside the box It looked like it yeah well, So I, 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 I was thinking to myself So he didn't score from the penalty So it's irrelevant But I was thinking It might have been a bit harsh To give a penalty Yeah maybe Um, It was Well It was on the line So I don't know It was a bit of that Grey area but I think it definitely was a red. I think Lukaku probably would have scored that. Um, although in the form he's in, I don't know. But Jorginho ended up P-rolling it. It was one of the worst penalties I've seen him take. And uh, and yeah. I, I sort of felt that before before he took it. I was like... I, I, um, I, I think I sent a message to you, didn't I? Um, I don't get nervous, but I'm, I'm <laughs> shaking. <laughs> I said that to you, didn't I? Because I came out just as this was all going on. Just as Craig Doss was having a stormer. And um, I think I said to your voice that it was the funniest bit of country from Sky I've ever seen in my life they were doing it on purpose though it was uh, they were It was. <laughs> they were definitely doing it on purpose it was the two commentators Davidson was um, I think he said if ever there was a man that you would need to take a penalty to win a game for Chelsea it's Jorginho he's missed and I, I was in no I, he was doing I that was in stitches man I was so I was cracked up by that um, it was a really poor penalty but it was a good save by Fabianski though and then Pulisic comes up the end finds the gap Phenom between Dawson and Scores. Yeah, it was a good finish. Um, it was a good finish, and Pulisic gets a lot of slack. But when he comes on in games, you don't really. I I would love if Pulisic picked up a bit of consistency, because I'm a big fan of Pulisic. Like, yeah, he, I think he could be moving away this season. To be honest, really. Yeah, he doesn't get enough game time. Oh, I'd be. I'd have him starting if he's fully fit. I'd be starting now. In fairness, I do think he's a very like. I think he's a very capable player. Like. If he got got a bit of form, if he's it, played he's in position, good. he's good. Yeah, I actually think those front three that came on. I think it was Ziyech, Lukaku, and Pulisic came on. They added a lot of energy. Mm. I think that won won the game in the end. But we move on. Liverpool two, Everton nil. Adzi. What a game! <laughs> what a game of football! <laughs> my arse is in my mouth for most of it. I'm not gonna lie. I was um watching it on my own, cram. Um. Dave was in work, so I had to watch on my own. I was marooned in the house on my own, screaming like a madman. What I will say is, though, Everton's game plan in the first half worked spectacularly. They just stopped us playing. I do think they played well, yeah. Yeah, no, they definitely did. Um, they dragged us down to their level, um, and they just stopped us playing. Yeah. They were very good. Um, even, like, it was very reminiscent of the game against Chelsea in 2013-14. <clears throat> taking loads of time over free kicks and there's nothing wrong with it these things like take points away from the big teams like you know what I mean 
um, Pickford getting the ball and dropping to his feet every time, dropping to his knees every time. Sorry, um, they should have had a penalty in the second half for me. It was, I think Matip. It's one of them, and it's it's Gordon's reputation. Like, this is why he didn't get it essentially is because he got dived for booking earlier in the half in the first half. Um, he's been booked three times this season for diving. So you think it should have been a penalty? Oh yeah, it was not definitely a penalty. Yeah. He pushes him in the back. Um, it's a penalty. Um, and okay, whether it has that much of a bearing on the game, it, it's one of those things. It's hard to, it's hard to even know. Um, it was when Origi came on, and it's almost like a psychological thing with everything, because he came on the sixty-fourth minute, and within forty seconds we had scored. And he was he played a pivotal part in it as well. He lays it off for Mo Salah, who chips at the back post, and you're obviously there at the back post to head it in. Diaz comes on, and I'll speak a bit more about Diaz now in a few minutes. Um, he's excellent. He's unbelievable, and I think if he adds goals to his game, you're looking at a real, real top draw player. Liverpool get a corner then, ball in from Henderson, Diaz with the with an overhead kick assist, and Origi just to slot it home, and it was it was poetic really. I don't think he meant that. The, oh no, he was shooting. It was definitely a shot. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, he wasn't looking for Origi there. He was trying to score himself. Um, just Divock Origi, man. Yeah. He, he has me heart. Honest to God, I'm not. I'm not sure how I'm gonna say this. He's he's my favorite footballer ever, um, which is probably a bit controversial. Um, I will be deeply upset when he leaves. Five games left, Adzi. Five games left. Do you think you can win the title or no? I definitely think it's it's definitely doable. You know what I mean? I think the only thing is with City, I don't think City would drop points either. Mm. Um, looking at the two run-ins, they're fairly similar in the sense um, of, you know, you're playing teams with kind of not a lot to play for. Like Liverpool's toughest game is, of course, against Spurs at home. We look at the rest of the games, you know, Newcastle away on Saturday. Newcastle away on a Saturday isn't as hard a game as City have away to Leeds yeah. on a Saturday night. You know, you'd be expecting Ellen Rhodes to be hopping and of course Leeds are still kind of fighting for survival. I'm not saying they are, but they, they, they'll need a win there. Um, Obviously, the Spurs-Liverpool game, you have Villa against Liverpool as well. Again, you're looking at teams with not a lot of play for, obviously Spurs going for Champions League. Um, Southampton away and Wolves at home on the last game of the season. I think City's games are slightly tougher. And I'm not saying there, there's not a whole lot between them because... Like it's it's Man City at the end of the day, one of the best teams ever. Um, I think Leeds away on Saturday night could be very tough, and they've dropped points at Ellen Road last season as well. And then West Ham away, and I think they have Wolves away as well. They're all tough games that they have, and I think they're tougher than Liverpool's game. So, yeah. do I think we we'll win the league? No, I think City will win it. Um, but I definitely think it's de- definitely doable. Yeah, it's it's made for a good, good entertainment at least. Everton next six they have Chelsea Leicester away Brentford at home yeah. Arsenal all included in their next six games Watford away for me is the big one mm. because Watford are I don't think they're confirmed to be relegated yet but if they can get if they can get something at Chelsea and if they can get something away to Leicester I, I can't see them getting points in any of those games to be honest I'm not sure maybe a home to Brentford yeah a home to Palace you see Palace are a good side you know what I mean Palace are they a good side that. Like they need something from the next three games, and I can't see them getting anything from them. Right. I can see Chelsea beating them next Sunday. I'll be out watching it. I can see Leicester beating oh, them the Sunday after. I know, um, and I can see Watford beating them 
so you're looking for Burnley to drop points there as well in those games. And as we spoke about Burnley earlier, I think their games are a bit easier. Yeah. But um, yeah, Devakarigi man, he just loves everything. He just loves them. And there was a few moments actually during the match, real quick. So Pickford with the the shit and time wasting at the start, where he was going to his knees or whatever. And this is what we meant by everything just comes back to by by everything on the airs. There was one moment where he, he picks the ball up, falls to his knees, real dramatically. Looks at Lampard, gives Lampard a thumbs up and winks because obviously that's the that's what they wanted to do is to slow Liverpool down and. Um, the last minute of the game, Richardson cuts in, shoots, and Allison holds onto it, and he falls to his knees and onto his stomach and looks up. Just he was taking the piss out of Pickford, like, yeah. and um, the Anfield crowd erupted. It was nearly like we had scored a third goal. It was just like it was just even some of the chants that they were singing uh, in Anfield, like going down, going down, going down, and then this was like, yeah, um, there was one was like, this is your last derby. And all this shit. It was oh very funny. God. But there was one um, going down. Yes, you were playing Hull and QPR going down. Yes. <laughs> um, it's actually really, like, to be honest with you, I miss everything. Because uh, I love, I love beating everything. <laughs> I love it. You know what I mean? So we will, we will miss everything. Um, I don't know. It's not over yet. They're still. It's not over yet. But I just can't see them picking up points in any of those games. I suppose, quickly to Leeds. And Palace. Brutal. I was watching last night. Absolutely. Yeah. Leeds settled for a draw. Alright. Which I was a bit surprised with because they, right. they could have done with a win. But. We'll take a look at the table then. Yeah. Um, Man City sit on 80 points. Liverpool 79. Chelsea 65. Mm. And Arsenal 60. Not the, good for the rest Chelsea. Of, the rest of the table is a bit inconsequential apart from Arsenal and Spurs. Yeah. Arsenal on 60 as you said and Spurs on 58. Yeah. So there's that race for top four. United... 54, no. I don't think they, they get, get it. That. No, um, no. So no. it's between Spurs and Arsenal. And bottom, then. The bottom five, Cran, I think you can definitely. Maybe. I, I don't think Villa will be there. I think Villa, Villa will pick up more points before the season's out. Like. So, so I think it's between Leeds, Bournemouth, and everything to go down. Yeah. So Villa, 37. They're safe, I think. Leeds, 34 points. Burnley, 30, 31, 17th. And Everton now lying in the relegation zone, twenty nine points, yeah. with a game in hand on Burnley. Um, I fancy. I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna say, at this point, I think Everton will go down. Yeah. And I haven't said that. I think Everton will go down. I just can't see them picking up points. That, they have such tough games. I don't know. It's just happened. the. It, it's just. It's all about picking points over this this time of the season. And like, why couldn't they have performed? Why couldn't have they performed? The way they did away to Liverpool for the rest of the season. Yeah. Like, if they did, they'd have been a hell of a better position than that. Mm. Um, I think Chelsea will beat them on Sunday. I think Leicester will beat them the Sunday after. And I think I think Watford will probably stick the knife in and relegate them. Goal of the week, Cran. Goal of the week. Bruno, Bruno, no. I can't say it either. You asked me again. I don't say it. Goal of the week, Adzi. Um, Bruno Grimaraj away to Norwich. For me, the little chip over Krill was just Nice sexy. little dummy. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to go for uh, Rodri actually yeah good shot vo- I mm. think that was a great goal yeah um, now our God of the Week God of the Week yeah. oh, there's only one and he came on for Liverpool in the 60th minute on Sunday <laughs> Divock Origi God, God of the Week we wouldn't have won that game without him I'm not, I'm not even taking the mick here he came on and instantly 
It's psychological with everything. They just can't play against them. Right. I, and, and Carragher said it on commentary, which I thought was quite interesting. Origi doesn't come on in a normal game other than the fact that it's everything. Yeah. And gets Klopp, an assi- Klopp assist on, on a goal. obviously brought him on. Yeah, clap ball. You know what I mean? Um, I'm going to go for Son. Who? Son of the God of the Week. Gabriel Jesus. <laughs> I was like, what are you Four goals about? this weekend. Not yeah. bad. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad for an amateur, eh? Oh, stop. This fella Ronaldo is a cod. And our cod of the week this week is... Craig Dawson. He had a brilliant game. He was playing like uh, oh, he was playing like Russell Crowe in Gladiator. And then he goes and gets himself sent off at the helm of Lukaku. Lukaku. Romelu. Yeah, un- unbelievable performance from Craig and um, just fucks it away, doesn't he? They're going to be they're gonna be in trouble with him because they have no fits out the house anymore. Yeah, and he is very good. Very, very, good. very underrated. Mm. But uh, unlucky Craig, you are our card of the week. Fame, Cran. We move on. Probably do this a bit quicker. Been here a while. Um, I think I know what you're gonna put in, but can I go first? Go for it. My Hall of Fame this week is um, Luis Diaz's touch. Cran. Yeah. Did you see? It? I didn't. You didn't see? It? Oh, actually, did I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ball across. Takes the it inside. Little Cruyff. Oh my god! I don't know. I, I don't even know how to explain. It was like a little, little fucking Rabona touch. He just takes down. And you could see Colin was looking at him going, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, we've been a play from Luis Diaz and I have to say, he's he's slowly becoming the new Divock for me. I love the man. Well, he's better than him. Oh, he's much better than him, yeah. <laughs> We're just looking at Kranz. All right. My, my, Hall, of- my Hall of Fame <laughs> is... So, my, my um, Hall of Fame has gone to the legendary Charlie Adam. Being very kind to him. Oh, very it's very not kind. He is legend. No, I don't know. And he, he's playing for, uh, I think it's Dundee, is it? Um, Yeah, it looks like Dundee, yeah, yeah. He's playing for Dundee, Charlie Adam at the moment, in a, pre- a Scottish Premier League game against St. Johnson. St. Johnson. Um, he appears to stumble on the ground. <laughs> nowhere near the ball. Nowhere near a man either. He just, he just jumps on it. He just oh. jumps <laughs> It's a great, it's a great dive and all. Fans. And the ref, the ref storms across yeah. and just gives him a yellow card. Yeah. He walks off straight away. He's like, "What have I just done here?" I'd say it took him a lot of physical efforts to do that yeah. drive at his age yeah. and, and mobility. Yeah, and his, he has no hair either. God bless him, Charlie Adam. We're all gonna end up with no hair, to be fair. But um, yeah, Lewis Diaz's touch versus Charlie Adams' dive. What an awful Hall of Fame! What a contrast! <laughs> what a contrast! <laughs> move on now to our Euro trash a Euro treasure crown there's been a lot of trash this week there's been a lot of trash this week I'm going to let you start because do you want to start with trash and we end on a positive note yeah you love positivity I, I do I had two Euro treasures but I said fuck I'll just put one Euro trash instead good it's always nice to have a bit of negativity in there ah yeah it brings yeah. you down doesn't yeah. it <laughs> back down to earth <laughs> so my Euro trash goes to Barcelona 
for their loss against Rio Vallecano mm. on a Sunday night. Um, a goal by Garcia for Vallecano uh, ends Barcelona's chances of winning the league. So oh. Barcelona now fall 15 points behind with five games remaining. And Real Madrid have officially won the league. It it's the like. league done now, isn't it? I, yeah. I think so, yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Barca, they're done. They're mm. done. After spanking Real Madrid as well when we were in Amsterdam, do you remember we had a, we had a pizza watching that crap? And then uh, Quite romantic Shakira was. tweeting, oh, we're back. Mm. PK, I'm married. Yeah, mm. whatever, Shakira. Um, what you were trash also comes from... Sorry. <laughs> what trash also comes from Barcelona, but in the form of... Ronald Arajo, the central defender from Uruguay, he was actually a fucking bit of a sauce baller. He is very good. Yeah. But um, reports came out this week that he has a bio clause of, wait, you hear this now, 1 billion. 1 billion is his bio clause from Barcelona. So he's basically marooned there for the rest of his that's, life. That's extortionate. It's far too much. Um, we talked about the cost of living going up in Ireland. It's clear, clearly, it's going up in Europe too. It's for football teams. For football teams. Players. That's ridiculous. And I do like Araco as well. I think By the way, actually. I think he's a very good player, but one billion is far too much. Just going on to the cost of living. Uh, oh briefly off the topic of football. Here we go. Eddie Hobbs. Addy. Addy. I was in town yesterday, all right? Went across the road, across the keys for a coffee. Wood mm-hmm. Key area. Mm-hmm. 440 for a coffee. What what you get? Mocha? 440. Mocha? Yeah. Man, 440. That's a joke. Man, that's the price of a point. A year ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, not really a year ago. I know, I know, I know what you're saying. But I don't think it is. It's ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah, no, I thought <laughs> one, one billion for that player. Four forty. Four forty for a mocha. Yeah, <laughs> ridiculous. ridiculous, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, you're you're a treasure this week, Ross. End poverty. You're you're a treasure this week. There is no treasure, just trash, <laughs> just trash. I don't have a treasure. Just negativity. <laughs> um, no, I've gone for um. I've gone for the Empley game. Okay. A 3-2 win for Empley. I like the way you said the Empley game yeah. as if they were playing like a minnow <laughs> team when they were literally playing Napoli. So, oh, hold on. What you were trying to speak is from the Napoli game. <laughs> yeah, so a 3-2 win for Empoli against... <laughs> Empoli against Napoli. <laughs> oh, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Just, just fucking say it, please. Just say, so oh a three a three two win for Empoli against Napoli. Um, this this is a game in in which ended Napoli's chances at, at winning the league, the Serie A. The slim chances, I'd imagine. And you know what? I'm I'm glad for them because I don't like Napoli. They're okay. they're one of my least favorite teams in Serie A. Damn, Shamrock Rovers as we yeah. learned. No, Shamrock Rovers fucking scumbag. <laughs> Empoli. Uh, <laughs> so basically what happened in the game 44th minute Mertens makes it 1-0 to Napoli mm-hmm. we're going to win the league ah uh, no 50, 53rd minute Insigne makes it 2-0 wow. then in the 80th minute Jeez. Scottish man S- Scotsman Liam Henderson mm-hmm. scores for em- for Empoli to make it 2-1 mm-hmm. 83rd minute Pinamonti 2-2 mm-hmm. 87th Pinamonti again Nice. Napoli now seven points behind Milan mm. top of the table four games remaining mm. I think it's over Jeff it's over yeah it, it's, I think it's between AC and Inter now isn't it bit, bit of a classic bit of a bit of, I, I like throwback that. I like that to be fair um, Atalanta my shouts early on the season I know I've been fucking saying 
Um, Inter have one game in hand, by the way. Yeah. So they're two points behind AC, but they could they could get it back now. To be fair, um, I think Inter are playing tomorrow. I have a feeling they're playing tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good, good result there for um and Pauli, as you said. <laughs> <laughs> My Euro treasure this week, fam, comes from Real Betis winning the Copa del Rey, five foreign penalties. Um, Borja Iglesias got the goal for Betis in the eleventh minute. Um, only to be pegged back by Hugo Duro on the thirtieth minute. And I was reading, I was looking at this game, eating um, eating a spice bag actually. Funny enough, eating Oreos. Um, and all over Twitter was, oh, we want the Joaquin goal because I think he's uh, retiring this season. Really? We want the Joaquin winner, etc., etc. Um, wasn't to be. Went to extra time, went to penalties, and Betis won five four. Um, the reason I have this is your treasure this week, obviously for the win itself. Is it's Manuel Pellegrini's first trophy in Spain? He's managed Malaga before as well. He's he's sixty eight years of age now. He's he's won the Premier League, the FA Cup, the Ecuadorian League, and the Copa Sudamerica. He's he's one of the legends of the game. I think he was decked out in Copa tracks, he looked slick. I have to say, um, and it's he's the first Real Betis man manager to deliver silverware in seventeen years. So yeah, a bit of a feel good story there. Yeah, so moving on, Cran, to our last segment. Get it out. Get out, Manchester. Get out, Manchester. We're coming up to the anniversary of that, by the way. Shout out to Alberto Moreno. Um, no. Top five Premier League centre-backs to go into our Ultimate Only Fans football podcast. Premier League 11 of all time. Yeah. I think this is the hardest position. Oh, hardest position, distant centre-mid. We're going to grind some gears. We probably, we probably should have done 10 centre-backs, think about it. No. But that would have been far too many. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the team so far, I've crunched numbers. I've done all that jazz. It's better check and goal. Gary Neville right back. Ashley Cole left back. I think it was fairly straightforward that those positions. To be fair, um, but yeah, top five Premier League centre halves. This is definitely going to grind some gears. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Personally speaking, I haven't gone from I haven't gone for two players from one team. I've gone from a player, one player from each team. If that makes sense. Yeah, I have because as well. I think that's I think. Like we could sit here and talk about Ferdinand the Village, yeah. Carvalho, Terry, you know, Campbell, um, the Tony pa- Adams. Partnerships make t- make yeah. backs, you know. But I think individually speaking, I think there's some centre halves that you could put them beside anyone and they'd have a good game. Yeah. Um so yeah, do you want to kick off or will I? Uh you go ahead. Number five. So my number five cran is um Manchester City legend. I'd probably say is they're probably their biggest legend ever. Yeah. Um, I've gone with Vincent Company Cran. Show. Um, two thousand and eight, two thousand nineteen was his playing period for Man City. He was there before the money came in as well. I believe he started as a defensive midfielder. Um, two hundred and sixty-five appearances for Manchester City. He's won the FA Cup twice, the Premier League four times, the League Cup four times. And before people get on to me and give give out to me for putting Company fifth, there was a lot of people that hadn't even gotten in the top five. But um, oh, no. I think. I can't put him further up the list purely because of how injury prone, injury prone he was. Yeah. He missed a lot, a lot of games. Um, and for me, this might be a bit controversial, but he's definitely the king of what could have been. Like, had he not have been injured as much as he was, I think we're talking about City potentially winning Champions League, potentially winning more Premier Leagues. You know what I mean? I just think he missed an awful lot of football um, to be put up higher. And yeah, that's what I've gone with. Vincent Company as number five. Cran, you're number five. My number five goes to Saul Campbell, as he. Okay. I've put him here 
Uh, living le- legend of Premier League. Yeah. For, of 506 appearances mm-hmm. total. Uh, he's an invincible season with Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Can't forget that. Uh, two Premier Leagues with Arsenal as well. And also played for Spurs, controversially. Mm. Um, Made and, the switch, didn't he? Portsmouth as well, mm. if I remember correctly. Um, he was good for Portsmouth as well. So yeah. I, I've gone for Sal Campbell. I think he was a fantastic defender um, in my youth growing up. Yeah, he was. And if you look at him now, he's a bit of a, he's a, bit of a meme these days. Yeah. I have him as number four, so I'll just continue on talking about him. Go on. Um, he's, Sal Campbell's my number four. Spurs, Arsenal, Portsmouth, as Cranny said. Um, he's a bit of a maverick these days. I have a video of him on my phone that he put on Twitter. I just don't have this video of now where um, he's talking about the Arsenal against the Chelsea <laughs> in the FA Cup final. It's very funny. I'll throw it in the post if I can find it. Um, he was also on Sky that time talking about the World Cup. And I think it was, um, I think if Belgium had won their game, they would have played Brazil in the next round of the World Cup. And your man says, So, Saul, who do you think will win this game, Belgium or Brazil? And Saul answers, yeah, yeah, I think France will win. And it's just like, it's like, okay, we weren't talking about France, so um, he's a bit of a maverick. I, I, I really like him. Yeah. I like him as a pundit. I think he's very funny. And he, he knows he knows his ball as well. Um, as you said, Spurs, Arsenal and Portsmouth, he won the League Cup in 98-99. I think he won that. I feel like he won that with Spurs. He's won the Premier League twice and he's won the FA Cup three times. His 2008 FA Cup victory of Portsmouth stopped the United treble. In 2008, obviously they won the Champions League, League Cup, and or Champions League and Premier League, I think. Mm. Um, and in '99, when the League Cup, he stopped a Manchester United quadruple. So I, I, he's just a colossal. He was a colossal player, um, and yeah, he's he was a very very good player, and I think he deserves to be in, in any list. Yeah, I agree. Regarding top Premier League centre halves, Cran, you're number four. Um, I've given my number four to Virgil Van Dijk, Andy. Okay. Um, colossal with Southampton. Over those those two years he was there, mm-hmm. and when he went to Liverpool, he's he's been even better, and he's just been consistently, I think the best centre back in the Premier League for the last three or four years, five years. Mm-hmm. So um, I've gone for him. He's he's nearing his thirties now, I think. Yeah. So I wouldn't put him higher up the list, but I'd say he's gonna be end up being one of the one mm-hmm. of the greats. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'd put Virgil Van Dijk number four. My number three. Is Rio Ferdinand Cran, um, West Ham graduate, Leeds, um, moved on to Manchester United and finished up with QPR in the end. 1995-2015 was his career in the Premier League. He won the Premier League six times, I believe, with uh, Manchester United. Won the League Cup three times. Won the Champions League in 2007-2008. And won the World Club Cup with Manchester United in 2008 as well. I don't think he, he won an FA Cup, surprisingly. I don't know whether I can fully believe that or not, but I don't think he did. I have one of, one of the lads, Jerry, of course. He's uh, We've talked about Jerry before on the podcast. He's a good friend of mine. He's He's been a United fan all his life. He, I think Jerry's in his 30s now. Um, and he said that, you know, Rio is, is the best defender he's ever seen in Premier League. That he can, and he would, compared to us, because we would have seen the back end of Rio, he would have been the best centre-half he'd seen. Um, I think a lot of people have Vidic and rightfully so Vidic. I think you have Vidic as well mm-hmm. he's a great player I think he was a bit injury prone as well mm-hmm. and I've never seen a player do to Ferdinand and I could be completely wrong here do to Ferdinand what Torres did to Vidic on occasion and it would be every time Liverpool played United and even Chelsea um, I'm going to quickly go to my number three before getting back to that 
Um, Vincent Company yeah. is my number three. Go- going off what you said, time at sea. I think he was a fantastic defender. Mm. Um, the Rock at the back for City for years. And as you said, a bit injury prone, but I think just one of the highlights I have of him, and I think this this is something that would go down history when he scored that against Leicester long range yeah. goal against Leicester. What a what mm. a goal that won City the league. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. yeah, and he had one against United as well. And he, also, you have to remember that season he was injured for a lot of it. Yeah, so it was very good to see him come on and yeah. and do that. But um, yeah, I I really like company, and he's doing a good job at Andelect as well. Mm. Um, I think they're they're coming back up now again. So. Mm. Uh, Josh Cullen in the midfield as well. Yeah. Company. So, uh, yeah, I like company though. We move to number two, Adzi. Yeah, and I said it a minute ago, you had him at four. I have Virgil van Dijk as number two because. Yeah. Um, okay. What a player. Just. He, I've, I, and, and this is coming from me. I've never seen a player make defending look so easy. Even after his injury, I think a lot of people are worried about his levels dropping. Hmm. And it hasn't happened. He hasn't dropped. He's been. As good this season as he has ever been, from my liking. Um, of course, he's won the, the Premier League, the Champions League, the World Cup of Liverpool, the League Cup. Um, I think should Liverpool get to the Champions League final this year, that'll be his tour Champions League final in five seasons, which is that's good in itself. And the reason why I have him ahead of the likes of company, um, Ferdinand, Campbell, and I can't remember them in their prime, because I remember company obviously in his prime. Um, I've never seen a defender regarded, realistically speaking, as the best in the world. Now, obviously, Messi and Ronaldo, I'm not going to say they're declining, but they're definitely not at the level that they were. Mm. And in that 18, 19, 19, 20 period, Van Dijk, I think, was dual pass once. But he had down Traore, who, as we know, just kicks the ball and runs after. But um, I've never seen a defender as widely regarded as the best defender in the world. And he probably should have won a Ballon d'Or, but I think titles like that are a bit irrelevant. Um, yeah, for me, I just, I think Virgil van Dijk is absolutely colossal. And we're looking down the barrel at the minute with Liverpool potentially winning four trophies. And if they were, if they were, if they are to win the four trophies, you're looking at Van Dijk being one of the best players ever. Mm-hmm. One of the best defenders ever for my liking. But um, yeah, I think there's only really one better defender than him in the Premier League history. From from for, uh, in my opinion, yeah, and uh, I'm gonna quickly go to my number two, the manager village mm. I've gone for, and very contrasting with your your take on Ferdinand, I sort of think that village was the brains in that that defensive partnership, um, and that he he was the one that read the game a lot of the time. I think the only thing I would say about Ferdinand is, and this is what village didn't have was Ferdinand's pace mm. that bailed him out a lot of the time. I think in terms of a lot of the reading of defensive situations, I, I would I would take Village any day of the week over mm. over someone like Rio Ferdinand. I think the and, thing the thing of and I, I think like I think the reason a lot of people I'm not gonna say it's cause of this why you would go Ferdinand, but I think that British media do hype up Ferdinand a lot more than they would someone like Village. Yeah, I, I Be, because of how successful I, I just think something that Village or something that Ferdinand done when he played and it's a bit like what Van Dijk does now they just read the game so well and they make defending look so easy whereas a lot of what Village done and this is Nanny Slighton because he was a fantastic footballer he done things in a kind of 
Um, how did Jared put it? Kind of like not a dramatic way, but he made he made defending look great. Village in the sense of you would see him clattering into tackles. You'd see him, you know, winning diving headers, things that obviously are difficult to do, but he would make it look like really hard to do when they're probably not as difficult to do as what they were. Like it's, it's, it's you're talking about two of the best defenders to ever play in the Premier League, so it's not there's not much between them. Um, we moved to number one. Yeah, we both have the same fella, John Terry. John Terry, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, career spanning from 1998 to 2017. Won the FA Cup five times, Premier League five times, League Cup three times. 2011-2012 Champions League and 2013, 2012-2013 Europa League. What a defender. What a defender. Um, what a leader as well. I think that's the thing a lot of, a lot of people don't realise and I think uh, company was great for it as well. And I think Van Dijk's good for it now is he was a leader. He was a proper captain. And um, yeah, just look, I'll let you take it away because you, you'll be able to talk more about him than I will. But what a player. Oh, I just think the thing with John Terry is uh, he'd always read the game so well, you know, regardless of whether he had the pace or not towards the end of career, he was always in the right position at the right, right time. And as you said about making defending look easy, he did. Mm. You know, and uh, dis- distribution play a bit underrated as well from the back. Mm. Uh, you, you could pick out a pass, you know, which is what I liked about him as well. And he come up with a lot of important goals. You know, you talk about the the Champions League campaign, the headers he scored in in that Napoli game. Yeah. Um. You talk about uh, that. Some of the goals he scored from corners were just unbelievable. Like the one against Spurs, I think it was where he did a little. Uh, Rabona hmm. and uh, John Terry fantastic leader fantastic captain so as he the, uh, top 5 fr- off the bat off the bat Vincent Company, Saul Campbell Rio Ferdinand Virgil van Dijk and John Terry for me and I've gone Saul Campbell van Dijk Vincent Company, Vidage and John Terry hmm. but very I think we had 4 or 5 players there in yeah I think we more or less have the exact yeah. same I think but, the one divide is Vidic and Ferdinand, isn't it? Yeah, and it's funny how we both went for Saul Campbell because I don't think many people would. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there we go. That's it, and thanks for everyone for joining in again this week. We're back. Thankfully, we're back, baby. We'll be back again next week with another record. Um, please God, touch wood. Four forty for a coffee. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Dimitri Payet. Um, yeah. So thanks everybody for joining us again. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Spotify, YouTube, TikTok. Um, we're going to try and be more active in general. Yeah, because uh, I'm back now creating content for the um, boys. And yeah, thanks for joining us. Thanks to Divock Rigi for being the inspiration behind this episode again. Yeah. And um, yeah, we'll leave it there. So, Clan, what do you think? We'll leave it there. So.